here, here's what I want to talk about. Okay? Go for it. I want to talk about the greatest moment in franchise history. And that was week 15 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I will go on record and say I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers with like a vigorous passion. It's so, so, so much built up anger in consecutive years of losing. And to find out that they won this game brought me more joy than i think anything ever has yeah it was good to be on the other side of the humiliation this time it was it was pretty humiliating um i'm gonna i'm gonna quickly recap because i this is this is how my mindset goes okay like they start 11 and 0 now they had probably the easiest schedule humanly possible because they had to play the nfc east which is like they were, you know, one of three times a team with a losing record made the playoffs. So off the bat, not very good. Um, they had to play the Houston Texans, who were hot garbage. The Broncos weren't very good. Uh, they did beat Cleveland, and they did beat Baltimore um, once earlier in the year each. Uh, however, I one of those games, Lamar Jackson didn't play. Um, they beat the Ravens twice, but one of those was without Lamar, so great assault on that one and it's still Jacksonville uh they did beat the Titans on a only on a missed field goal but then you know they have to go play Washington and it's like okay you're 11 and 0 eventually you're gonna lose you can't win them all that team wasn't built to go 16 and 0 so okay you lost to Washington it was bound to happen and then they beat loose the Buffalo Bills who are currently playing in the AFC championship game so you know you lost to a good team. That's not a bad loss. But then they got to <laughs> go play us. And then they get whooped. Yeah. By, uh, you know, the Bengals with Ryan Finley. By by Ryan freaking Finley, who I am on record saying is absolutely awful and is like the worst quarterback that the Bengals have ever had. And oh, he's definitely <laughs> not the worst we've ever had, but. At least Achilles Smith won a game. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> after this game, I forgive everything I have ever said. I am absolutely wrong. Retire this man's number right now. Because, because he did the unfreaking thinkable. And he really did have a lot of key key plays in that game, too. It's not like he was just, you know, just barely managing the game. You know, he he played well. His well, his stat line was I mean, it's on par with his, you know, his careers. He hasn't been a very high completion percentage. He has never been a very high yardage person. So his, he was 7 for 13 for 89 yards and a touchdown. That is like, and for a full game, <laughs> that's not very good. Yeah, no, but, but, but where he was good was where he had key first downs. He had key yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. And he ran, you know, he, he could run the ball. He did a good job running the ball. He hit um, – it was Gio Bernard on that uh, in-and-out play. Uh, I mean, well run by Bur- uh, Gio Bernard, who we obviously support and wish he got more fan- like more touches. But, like, that was that was a great play design. He hit him on the run, and Gio did the rest. Yeah, and I think what's important in that game is how um, Zach Taylor managed the field. And how yeah. our defense was able to stop them, you know, get a lot of three and outs and 
get the ball in good field position and you know he well, had the right plays to to get us in to get us to score if we're going to talk about the defense let's talk about the greatest play in sport history <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I've, I've watched that play, I kid you not, like a hundred times. A lot of hyperbole here today. Oh, my God. I am not exaggerating <laughs> on anything I'm saying. The, the Watching him, uh, watching Von Bell blow up Juju Schuster was the highlight of my 2020, and I got married last year. Jeez. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's not true at all. But... Um, <laughs> No, marriage was absolutely number one. My honeymoon was number two. Sure. But <laughs> then a couple other things related to that, but like the number one non non marriage uh, non married life related thing was definitely watching that play. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty to see. Yeah, and I'll tell you what's really funny about sports. You go back three years, and the complete inverse of this play happens, where you have. Juju Smith-Muster on a on a play that was deemed dirty, they gave it a flag and they fined and suspended him for it. Hitting Vontez Perfect, uh, he's got the famous standover. There's that picture and everybody's you know it's like oh it's justice for AB and all this shit. People people praise Juju for that and they held him up on this pedestal of like everybody loves Juju, but now it's like the everybody hates Juju. All because of TikTok, dude. All because. TikTok and it's probably not so much TikTok itself. It's probably just like, you know, him dancing on other teams' logos, uh, doing that like childish stuff. Like, don't don't dance on logos. Like that's 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 cannon fodder. You're gonna like you're feeding you're feeding a beast doing that. Yeah, grown men are sensitive about their symbols. Apparently, but like that's just some dumb shit you don't you shouldn't do. You know. Either way, it was a it was a great hit. I enjoyed it yeah. a lot, and it was um, legal. I think it was legal. I can see the debate yeah, as legal. to why it wasn't, but I think it was legal. It, it looked legal to me. He didn't hit him helmet to helmet. I mean, uh, technically, it, by the technicalities of the rule, he did. He hit him on the face mask, but they were both lowering their head. I, the whole helmet to helmet thing to me. Is very inconsistent. I mean, obviously, if you saw the Chiefs game and you watched highlights on that, you would know that they are not very consistent on calling helmet to helmet. Uh, uh, or they'll, or they'll when miss. Gio got knocked the fuck out. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're, we're talking about happy moments right now. <laughs> but, like, how, like, there's there's going to be helmet to helmet collisions on every single play. There's never going to be a, a offensive play where a defensive lineman and offensive lineman's helmets are going to hit incidentally. So, like, you know, you they got to call the egregious stuff. Like like, like what we saw on, on Sunday with the Chiefs lowering into the Cleveland Browns player. They got to call that stuff. They can't call the ticky-tack shit. That's where, that's where they're losing fans is when, is when refs call ticky-tack, but then they miss the obvious shit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's inherently hard to call things like this because you have to take intent and, you know, what they were doing – and, and consider that before you make the call because if you're if you're lowering your head to avoid hitting somebody with your head i think that's different than if you're lowering your head to hit somebody with your head yeah and there's so many times where you see def- we're getting completely off topic but uh where defensive players you know they're uh, a standard defensive tackle you kind of lower your body to wrap up and then you have an offensive player they'll lower their helmet boom collision and they're calling more of that or they're calling offensive players for initiating contact when there probably shouldn't have been 
Yeah. But at the same time, you like you're kind of defending your your own head doing that. So it's very it's very difficult. Yep, I agree. Well, going back to the greatest play in franchise history, um, the fact that I want another comment I want to make. I was thinking about this a lot lately. Is that Jordan Evans, who is one of our backup linebackers? I don't know when his contract is up, but I think they ought to bring him back because he is always like right place, right time. You know, he's gotten a handful of um, nice interceptions over the years, and um, conversely. I think he he was right there. I don't think he. I think he did recover the fumble on that, but it'd be nice to bring him back uh, for turnover purposes because he seems to get a decent amount of them compared to some of the other linebackers. Yeah, I mean, he played pretty well this year. I think. Um, I think our linebackers still struggled though, but you know, they're they're it's a young group outside of um, Josh Bynes. Yeah, outside of Bynes. Who I want to talk about, um, Josh Bynes, Fade. Very, on average, okay, because he would have plays where he would do a really good job, have a nice run stop, uh, and then two plays later, giving up a huge missed assignment or missed tackle. Very inconsistent. I don't know if I would bring him back. Maybe for veteran experience, but I'm not sold. Yeah, I mean, Josh Bynes, he's, he's a very, you know, like a torpedo of a linebacker. He puts his head down, goes after the ball. He doesn't really do much else. Yeah, I do want to see more of um, the two rookies that we drafted last year, who I thought played pretty well uh, for rookies. They didn't play spectacular Luke Kuechly esque seasons, but I thought they played serviceable. Um, Okay, and I want to real quick (laughs) talk about um, Jermaine Pratt because he, I kind of gave up on him early in the year. He missed some key assignments, and he didn't do too well. But, like, over the last, like, I think after the Burrow injury, he was, like, pro football focus's number one coverage linebacker. Who was it? Jermaine Pratt, you said? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you're going to have to find a tweet because I saw it via tweet. Um, but props to him for turning it around. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think Jordan Evans definitely we need to keep him. Uh, I think he was our highest rated linebacker. The rest of them were – had some pretty pretty bad scores overall. That, that that counters exactly what I just said a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jermaine Pratt, I think overall was not very good this year. Let me see what his his rating was. You know, forty one point five. Is that good or bad? Uh, that's bad. I I, I just said in the passing game. I didn't say his overall. Yeah. I don't know what his passing score. Well, was. his passing his passing via. Five or six or seven games, that was apparently very well. Um, I going on the Pro Football Focus website, I can see that forty-one point five, which is like okay, not very good, whatever. But like, you know, you cut the data a certain way, you can see someone's playing really good. Uh, Jesse Bates had a crazy year. He did, and he got snubbed out at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, well, you know, it's a popularity contest. I know, but uh, yeah, he he, sucks. he played out of his mind this year yeah so <sighs> he even improved on the rush defense towards the end of the year and he was really bad at the beginning it'll be interesting to see how that his contract situation goes because he's this i think is the last year of his rookie contract so it'll be interesting to see how they pay him because i know buda baker buda baker buda baker 
from the Cardinals is um, he's the highest paid safety, I think, in NFL history. And I believe Jesse Bates' numbers are probably better than his because he didn't record an interception until like this year. So, which is weird. I think the highest paid safety never picked off the ball until, you know, it was fourth year in the league, or third or fourth year in the league. Fourth year. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think Bates deserves, deserves a big payday, honestly. <laughs> he's, Speak, okay, so, he's young and consistently has gotten better. So I want to circle back to um, artistry that should be put in the Louvre. Going back to that Steelers game, um, so Ryan Finley played pretty well enough to win the game, and then Brandon Allen, conversely, the next week beat the Houston Texans on pretty good numbers. Uh, who do you think should be their backup quarterback going into next year? Uh, I think it depends on whoever we can get cheaper, honestly. Um, I'd rather that money be spent other places, especially with the salary cap going down. Well, I, well I'm sure Ryan Finley's still under contract because I think he was a third, for the third or fourth round pick. So I think he's, he's, he's serviceable. You know, we're not expecting um, – Joe Burrow to go down, and if we do, it's you know probably not going to be much different from how this season went with uh, right. either of those quarterbacks. I don't think either of them would, you know, take us to the playoffs and win a playoff game. I I do think Brandon Allen shows a lot more potential. I'd rather keep him and just just go ahead and retire Ryan Finley, put his jersey in the rafters. <laughs> but I mean, going you look at the Houston game. Who I know their defense isn't particularly well, but twenty nine for thirty seven. That's 79% completion percentage for 371 yards. Pretty good. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, didn't didn't turn the ball over. I mean, that's that's a sign of potential. Uh, conversely, he had like the worst game ever in, versus Baltimore, but you know they weren't prepared for that one. They were too busy celebrating the first two. Honestly, I wouldn't be mad at us drafting a quarterback here. Um, mm. Some late round quarterback that fits um, fits our mold. Um, because Ryan Finley, you know, Ryan Finley wasn't Zach Taylor's guy, you know. Oh, no. Ryan Finley was Zach Taylor's guy. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I didn't. I don't think I learned this since until after we did our last episode. Did you? I think I, I told you this. They traded three draft picks to get Ryan Finley, to move up three spots to draft Ryan Finley, which is bizarre to me. Because be- before he became the greatest quarterback in NFL history, he was like – 24 years old coming out of college. So he started the year, you know, 20, he's 25. Let me double check that. I forget. He's like 24 or 25. Oh, yeah. So he's 26 right now. So he came out of college as a 25. That is old for a quarterback, for a rookie quarterback um, who didn't have a strong arm and didn't put up great college numbers to move up three spots in the fourth round and give up three draft picks for it is insane. So to me, and the fact that he benched Dalton for Finley, that kind of said that he wanted Ryan Finley like, to start, he probably, and this is my tinfoil hat theory, he probably, like, goaded Mike Brown and, like, hey, let me give Ryan Finley a shot. I think this is my guy. And finally, Brown just gave up and let him do it. Yeah, I meant to say he was um, Zach Taylor's guy. Oh, okay. So all, all that talking I did was for nothing. Well, no, <laughs> it, it, it makes sense. I just I just want to move on from, from that um, – that dynamic, I guess, because I mean, we've we've shown that he's not, he's not capable, you know. 
Um, it would be better to have somebody that we can uh, rely on. I guess tr- somebody that can can learn alongside Burrow. It wouldn't hurt to have a background backup quarterback competition next year. Obviously, Burrow's gonna—that's the long-term job for him. But wouldn't hurt to you know either bring in a rookie, undraft a free agent, or even sign an experienced quarterback. Kind of let those three Finley, and Allen, and um, you know the third unknown have them all kind of play out and whoever wins they they keep the best two essentially who would who would you sign i've heard people bring up ryan fitzpatrick <laughs> i do not think we should bring back ryan fitzpatrick i don't think he'd want to come back first off uh, i think he he want he would still want to play for a team he can compete to to start on yeah he, he actually so had a think. decent year you know yeah he put a pretty good year it's, it's, but it's so weird to think that he started with us. Like, where he is now and where he was when he was with us is, like, Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> yeah. Like, that one year, that 2015 year he had with the Jets is, like, that was freaking, like, unbelievable what they were doing. Um, let me double pull up some numbers. Yeah, 10-6, and six, so a winning record. We've had playoff teams at that record. 31 touchdowns. 15 picks is a lot, but like, I mean, that's, that's who he is, you know? Yeah. He is, he is, it's so, I don't want to talk too much about him, but like Ryan Fitzpatrick is like such a, like roller coaster where he'll have like, you know, an unstoppable game where he cannot be beat. And then the next game he'll just get smushed. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's why, uh, NFL teams should consider the two quarterback system. Two quarterback what? Two quarterback system. Yeah. What's a two quarterback system? Where you have two capable starting quarterbacks, and you play them depending on how well they're doing. Kind of like what Miami did. Yeah, except you know, not very two well. qu- they're, two they're, capable they're quarterbacks, not good. one. That's yeah, true. Right. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is very capable. Tua Tagovailoa, not so much. Who like we thought? I think when we talked about it before the year how we you know he might be you know end up being better than burrow it turns out that's not going to be the case well i I don't i think it's too early to say i mean i didn't think he was going to be better than burrow this year i think he has a i think he has a lot of potential but he's more raw than burrow is yeah and and i think with that style of quarterback play that Tua plays is because it's so raw and it's not very well known that they don't last too long in terms of like good productivity because w- once you get a certain amount of film on them, it's much harder to stop them. That's kind of what I think is going to happen to Lamar Jackson is eventually they're just going to get film on him. They're going to know where he wants to go. And, uh, you know, a contributing factors will be injury and, uh, you know, age, stuff like that. But Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. But I think that's contributed to their – um, some of their playoff struggles, you know. Uh, the the Dolphins. No, the uh, the or Ravens the because. Oh yeah. Um, their offense has been stopped in the playoffs. You know. They put up three points on the Bills. <laughs> and L- Lamar Jackson hasn't played very well uh, the past two playoff appearances or three playoff appearances they've had. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. So and it's easier game plan for a single team, you know, if you know you're playing them for a while. Yeah, it's like it's like kind of like in basketball they say that like you know those guys like Carmelo Anthony who are um ball dominant 
scores, those guys are really good for, you know, a regular season. But then when you have to play an opponent for seven games in a playoff series, it, you, you get film and you notice tendencies and they're easier to stop. That's why that style of basketball isn't very postseason successful. Right. And, uh, you know, you also got to say that without a doubt, Justin Herbert was the best uh, rookie quarterback this year. I would say that uh, before the Burrow injury, they were those two were pretty close. You can argue, you know, certain statistics, certain ways. I think Pro Football Focus liked Joe Burrow better. Uh, touchdown interception and yardage, I think, or no touchdown interceptions. I think Herbert was better. I think Joe Burrow was great on the yardage standpoint, and maybe completion percent, some other stuff. But like, I think definitively with after the Burrow injury, obviously, he put out the best numbers. Yeah, and I think. You know, he continued to play really well. I think he – isn't 31 touchdowns the highest for a rookie quarterback? Is that what he had? Yeah. And they were awful. Yeah, 31 touchdowns at the end of it all. In 15, In 15 games, 15 that's games too. Yeah. That's crazy, too. Uh, I think only, like, two quarterbacks that we have ever had have put up 31 touchdowns. <laughs> the entire – Palmer and, and uh, Dalton were the only two to put up – more than 31 which is crazy yeah so he had you know he had a crazy year and you know actually like you know you got joe burrow and justin herbert playing really well you know i think a lot of teams are looking for that young quarterback that can produce right away and i think that was a lot of the you know a lot of people were not looking so high on tua because he struggled but you know i think people need to remember some quarterbacks need that time yeah, it's not everybody is is NFL ready. Um, go, going back to 2011, that quarterback draft class, it was like praised as one of the best ever uh, because all the ones that were taken in the first round. And uh, the top two, you know, in retrospect, were Dalton and Cam Newton all these years later, who Cam Newton had an unbelievably terrible year. <laughs> Cam Newton struggled, yeah. I hate Cam Newton, so I don't mind talking shit. But he, uh, Cam Newton, uh, has a terrible haircut, for one. And two, <laughs> everybody thought that, like, oh, it's so, it, there's so many backup quarterbacks that had, you know, a better salary than Cam Newton. This is ridiculous. This is bullshit. It's like Cam Newton had, you know, five t- passing touchdowns, you know, for most of the year. He threw three at the last game of the year playing the garbage Jets, but, like, Eight touchdowns over 15 games? That's terrible. Yeah, I think... He played downright awful. They should have done what everybody thought they were going to do is sign Andy Dalton. It would have made my dream come true. But I think he would have done a lot better over there. Yeah. And even, like, talking about Dalton for a second, I don't want to go too much in him because I know that he, you know, that's in the past. He's gone, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I think he played pretty well in... in as a backup to Dak Prescott, um, he had some moments where he looked great, and he had some moments where he didn't look great, but that's kind of how he's always been. So, fortunate they couldn't make the playoffs, but I think that was kind of out of their control at <laughs> a certain point. Yeah. Um, well, hope, I hope, kind of hope, like I said, hey, tinfoil hat theory, that was my dream, is that him and Green end up on the Patriots and they go win a Super Bowl. So <laughs> it's, it's not impossible that it don't happen for 2021. Um, but yeah, also talking about quarterbacks, you know, young quarterbacks. Next year's draft is also full of quarterbacks. Um, is it? 
Yeah, and a lot of teams need quarterbacks. I, I think you can possibly, you know, see, you know, at the high point, five quarterbacks drafted in the first ten picks. But definitely, I think they're going to be five in the first round. I don't. I don't disagree. I don't know how all of these guys are going to play out long term, though, because Trevor Lawrence. I kind of don't know how. I mean, he's he's been successful everywhere he's been. He only lost like three games his entire since like high school, like <laughs> including high school or something like that. Like he, you know, is a talented college player, and he's got he's six foot six. He's only two twenty, but he can always bulk up. It's weird to see. You know, uh, I'm not sold on where he's gonna go. Justin Fields. They're I'm, not sold. You know, I'm pretty sure Trevor Lawrence is going one. No, oh, no, I'm sold that he's going number one oh, too. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sold on him being like the franchise. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, like schmucks get drafted number one all the time, but not all of them turn out to be great. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. It's like, okay, so Justin Fields, I'm not sold on him either in terms of like in the same regard, but he's definitely, he's definitely going to be drafted in the first round though. Justin Fields. After beating uh, Clemson as wholeheartedly as they did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying, you got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, um, and then you. Everybody likes that guy out of North Dakota State, who they seem to produce NFL quarterbacks. Uh, Carson Wentz came out of there. Who is that? Uh, his name is Trey Lance. Oh yeah, yeah, heard. Trey Lance. He he's he came out near the end of the year, right? There's people talking about him. Yeah. And you know, uh, there's plenty of teams that need quarterbacks right now. Yeah, Mac Jones out of Alabama. Yeah, I think all those guys have potential to go first round. There's just so many yeah. teams that need need a quarterback. Like the Steelers need a quarterback. You know, arguably the Jets. Oh, need hopefully, a quarterback. God, freaking Ben Roethlisberger is going to be playing till I'm fifty. Yeah, I mean he's still. I th- think he's still going to play next year, but they they need to seriously be thinking about. Yeah, replacement. they don't want to wait too long. Kyle Trask, because he was a Heisman contender. Let's let's talk a little bit about the playoffs and then cut it off here before talking more. Um, yeah, I think we need to have another episode for looking into We're, next we'll, year. We'll, we'll do we'll do one where we preview next year. Yeah. But this is kind of our um, wrap up wrap up of the year. We'll probably talk about. Well, we'll still talk about the the playoffs as it goes along. Yeah, the draft. And yeah, and that stuff too. But pre-draft, post-draft. We'll talk about. There's other topics I want to talk about. We still got to talk about college basketball for the Bearcats and football because there's a lot <laughs> oh, yeah. to talk about with that. Yeah. I don't even know if I want to talk about that, but whatever. Well, let's let's just let's talk about the playoffs how they've gone so far, um, and then wrap um, it up there. Uh, the AFC North got got whooped. Um. Yes and no. <laughs> because. <laughs> That was such, a, such an interesting way to phrase that. Yes and no, because um, Cleveland demolished the Steelers, which they are also an AFC North team. Um, you know, they whipped them pretty good. Baltimore respectively beat the Titans. Uh, and then in the next round, both those teams lost. Ravens and the Ravens much more embarrassingly. I expected the Browns to lose the Chiefs, but they put up a really good fight. I was close, man. You you called you texted me about that that fourth down plan. I watched highlights. I was like, wow. Well, that game, you know, they got screwed over that touchdown play on a clear targeting call, or that would be touchdown play, I should say. Right. 
they got screwed over on that. And then, uh, you know, had they stopped them on that fourth down play, they had enough time. To, I mean, they did that to us where they, you know, had no time left and scored a touchdown. Yeah. And then on the on, on the other side of the the conference, you had uh, the Buccaneers and Saints game was really good. Unfortunate, Drew Brees is out the playoffs. I was kind of hoping he'd get another shot for a Super Bowl. I I like him personally. So yeah, I mean he's you know Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he's a good player. Seems like a nice dude. Um, I, I think you know here's my prediction. I think the Buccaneers are going to beat the Packers. And Dude. the Chiefs are going to beat the Bills, and then Tom Brady's going to get another Super Bowl and prove that he's not a system quarterback. That would frustrate me beyond any capacity of belief because I'm so tired of Tom Brady winning Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, it's true, but I, you know, after seeing what he's done this year, uh, it's surprising. Yeah, I, I think and he's the best quarterback ever. <laughs> I think that's you can't really deny that now, but like how he, you know, they were eleven and five in in the regular season like that's that's pretty good but like considering the talent that they had it was shocking they weren't a one or two seed but they just like wrecked the two teams that they played like he really is like undoubtedly like you can argue whether you know best regular season quarterback whatever but he is undoubtedly the best playoff one because his numbers are just unbelievable and he just is winning percentage and how many wins he has it's, it's crazy yeah, and he was a big factor in where the Buccaneers ended up. You know, you you just can't – like a lot of people were doubting that he's he's actually a good quarterback outside of the outside of the Patriots. But, you know, he mm-hmm. – you know, I know things are different, not exactly, you know, changing from year to year, but he was – you know, Buccaneers were 7-9 and nine in 2019. When was the last time they made the playoffs? Probably been a while, but uh, – Yeah. But Tom Brady's legit. Yeah. I thought I honestly thought it was going to be for them like a win-win. Uh, I was expecting, uh, you know, Tom Brady would be successful Tampa Bay. Conversely, the Patriots would have done well as always, but that does not that was not the case at all. Patriots had a horrible year. Yeah, and I think most of it's from from their quarterback play. Yeah, their quarterback play was atrocious. Yeah, that, that's my prediction. Tom Brady's going to win. I'm still rooting for the Chiefs. Um, you know, went to college out there, so hope the Chiefs that's right. win. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. What was um, your prediction? We could, we could do a whole segment talking about the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, wait, the freaking Tampa Bay—they won a freaking Super Bowl like 2002. They're not that bad. Well, I mean, they've been bad. Well, they haven't. They haven't, you know, been to the playoffs since 2007, and have not won a playoff game since that Super Bowl run. So, what does that tell you? Yeah, they've been. Pretty but bad. yeah, okay. So my prediction would be, um, I would like it if uh, the Buffalo Bills would win. I like them a lot. I like Josh Allen. I don't understand Josh Allen. I don't know how he's as good as he is. But I like him, so I hope he wins. It's always nice. It's always nice to break dynasties. Once a once a team gets so good, I start to root against them. <laughs> uh, so hopefully, the Bills will win. I do like Andy Reid. I do love Travis Kelsey. But yeah. uh, my prediction would be Bills win. Go into NFC side. I personally like Aaron Rodgers a little bit better. The fact they are playing at home. Um, 
I think a lot. Packers. Yeah, I think but a lot of people have written off the Packers this year. Like you barely saw anything about them in the news, but they are a yeah. really good team. I mean, they were number one seed. Um, you combo that with the fact that historically, teams do not go into Lambeau and win. Um, yeah. I think up until like, I want to say the early two thousands or maybe late nineties. I don't remember exactly, but up until then. Uh, no one had ever beaten them in Lambeau in the playoffs. So, like, even even to this day, they, they just don't lose too often at home. So, I think that having that home field in the NFC Championship game is going to be a big boost. And Aaron Rodgers had probably his best year, like, ever yeah, at age great. 37. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's rolling. Uh, he might win MVP. I like the guy, so I'm going to go with him. I don't hate Tom Brady. I don't like Tom Brady. I'm Tom Brady neutral. I recognize greatness, but like, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Packers, and then in obvious, uh, heartbreaking fashion, of course, the Bills are gonna lose the Super Bowl, <laughs> uh, and then they're going to proceed to win to lose the next four, su- next three Super Bowl. <laughs> it's gonna be a repeat of the early '90s, baby. Oh boy. So that is my prediction. Um, nice. So Packers we're win. going totally opposite of each other. We are going complete opposite. <laughs> and I have no problem with that. Guess we'll see. It'll yeah. be interesting. Well, is there anything? Is there anything else you want to cover? Uh, I think that's it for now. We've been talking for over an hour, so I think we're, this is a probably a good time to cut it off. So, thank you very much for listening. You guys have a good rest of your day.